So we are joined in conversation by Marcel uh, Golombieski. Uh, Marcel heads up the solution engineering uh, organization of, of Quadrix in DAC. Across the years, I've received some really strong recommendations on, on Marcel, both as, a, as an individual contributor when he was at Salesforce and also now as a, as a leader at Quadrix. So Marcel, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. And it's great to be with you today. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, so the, f the first question we always ask is uh, a big, broad, open question. Uh, what do you what do you love about pre-sales? So um, actually, I'm still amazed about the impact that we have in this role. I mean, um, from a bird's eye view, we are the ones who show the customers how they can achieve more with less. And um, what I personally love is uh, listening to customer, um, listening to customers, and get a get a feeling for their business processes or business challenges. And um, then we become creative, and uh, we are the ones who push the software uh, capabilities to the limits. Um, I always compare the SaaS space with a huge Lego box. And then the SE comes into the room and puts all these blocks together in order to create um, a convincing solution or approach that uh, moves our customers forward. And this is a fun task. This is really a fun task. And of course, we face obstacles from time to time. Um, but the good news is uh, pre-sales is 100% team sport. Um, and I met so many talented colleagues around me who... Um, were able to give me an idea about a workaround or could guide me to other colleagues in the company, such as product managers. And what I refer to here is um, working across departments. And this is really a very uh, precious, uh, a precious one um, because when you work across departments, you build up your business network easily. And um, you may also influence, for example, the product roadmap when you speak with product managers. And this has a huge impact on the success of the company. Super, super. Thank you so much, Marcel. And um, in terms of this current uh, market, um, it, it's been crazy lately. So what, what are your thoughts uh, on this particular moment in time for pre-sales, given the state of the tech sector layoffs and yeah. overall job market? It's not the best situation at the moment, that's correct. And uh, I think it's more than obvious that we face a downturn in the economy at the moment. Um, I would like to add, however, that this affects the tech sector, but not exclusively. And um, I would like to underline that uh, cycles in the, or that the economy goes in cycles and that downturns are usually temporary. And from my point of view, Technology remains a key element for enterprises uh, to increase sales, productivity, or also to reduce costs. And um, the reality is that business software is becoming more and more complex. Uh, it's not getting easier. That's not true. It's becoming more and more complex. And tech companies depend on those experts who bring value into the conversation and uh, bring up or create the necessary value in the sales cycle. And that's exactly where presets comes into play. Okay, that, that's super insightful. And um, also an optimistic approach. I totally agree with you that, you know, every downside 
uh, at some point uh, is going to to end. And um, in terms of your your particular role, so running a regional team, how do you think about skill set balance and diversity across your team? Well, um, I think diversity is a topic that has many facets. Um, and uh, to me, it's most important that everyone keeps his or her own personality. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to pretend. And um, when it comes to skill sets, uh, I think solution engine there, there are multiple types, types of solution engineers, and they have many different interests. Um, either they love working with the technology and they are extremely tech savvy, knowing APIs, uh, programming, scripting and all of that. And on the, on the other hand, there are the ones um, who thrive when they uh, rock the show on stage. And uh, it's in my responsibility to ensure that we have the right mix of skills in the team. And um, there's, however, one major challenge that I see, and that is visibility. Because uh, from what I've seen, SE talents who represent the company on stage, they tend to have a higher visibility in the organization compared to those um, who uh, bring an outstanding value into customer uh, meetings uh, with their unmatched uh, technical expertise. And actually, that's a topic where managers need to have their direct reports. Um, so that everyone is treated fairly and that the team engagement is kept up on a high level. Hmm. That's really interesting. So are you are you saying that there are there are lots of different ways? There's the expression that there's there's many different ways to get to Rome, and so there are so different SEs will have different skill sets that enable them to get somewhere. Plus, also different parts of the skill set are needed in different moments. And are you saying that some of them, some of that goes less recognized than for other, for other, for other types of abilities? Yes, exactly. So yeah. um, when you have technical experts in customer meetings uh, who create or who work, for example, on extremely challenging POCs, yeah. uh, of course, they will be um, with, or they will get some recognition in an email when a deal is won. Um, but of course, we don't don't win every deal. But still, uh, we rely on the technical expertise from those colleagues. And if they don't feel comfortable to uh, present or represent the company in the one or other presentation, they are they they may be neglected uh, in in some way in the company when it's, for example, about recognition, about uh, promotions, etc. And this is exactly the top or uh, the point where the managers need to step in and help those colleagues to get the visibility they deserve. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. They're like kind of unsung heroes. It's the it's exactly it's quite often used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Um, and it's true to an extent with. Um, with pre-sales within the sales organization, no, quite quite often there's a bit of frustration that sometimes sales will take a lot of the a lot of the glory and it should be kind of more shared. So um okay, fantastic. So Marcel, what really interested me when we spoke was when we talked around recruiting and how you hire. Um and you you we talked about I know that you get quite directly involved yourself in terms of the what us recruiters would say, the kind of the sourcing stage. Um, so could you walk us through typically what you will do in a hiring cycle when you when you hire? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So um, I distinctly re remember the time when I got my first open headcounts and it was of paramount importance for me to 
first of all, grow a talent pool and second to create a candidate pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, and right from the start, I felt that I didn't get enough talents uh, or candidates from our own talent acquisition team. Okay. And it became quickly apparent that I would never be able to meet our strong uh, hiring targets uh, if I did do anything about it. And I tried a lot. Uh, however, I do I, I I do have some tips and tricks which I'm happy to share. And Brilliant. those are tips and tricks which helped me navigate out of that situation. Brilliant. And um, my first advice is probably don't wait for things to happen. Okay. Um, wh what I did was I... Uh, created a one-on-one -on -one, uh, with my um, colleague from recruiting. And uh, I was fortunate to have a super motivated recruiter on the other end. And um, I also learned about his main challenge because it was the first time for him that he sourced candidates for a pre-sales role. And what I did was I equipped him with skills, with uh, potential profiles, um, so that he gets an idea what I was looking for. And on the other hand, he had brilliant email templates that I was uh, later able to reuse when I approached candidates on LinkedIn Recruiter. Um, I also promoted open headcounts uh, internally, and I spoke with our most successful AEs. I asked them whether they were aware of any SE talents they worked with in the past. And luckily, um, I got contact to two um, SE colleagues who were willing to look for something new. And I was able to excite them for Qualtrics, which, which was really helpful because we do have a bunch of interfaces to SAP products. So it's, it was a win-win situation. And I also played around with LinkedIn Recruiter because you have a bunch of options, filters, parameters in order to look for candidates. And of course, the, the um, open to work checkbox is really helpful for a recruiter. Uh, but I also learned that it's helpful to broaden the search to candidates where the skills overlap with the pre-sales role. And yeah. this goes for, for example, for IT consultants, for solution architects, uh, product support, or also customer success. Um, but uh, I'd say the most important advice I can give you is um, having the right mindset. Because... Yeah. Whenever I interview a candidate, uh, it's for me a mutual application. Of course, the candidate applies for the job, but I also apply as their new manager. And this is uh, often overlooked. Uh, I always try my best to ensure a great candidate experience. And uh, it goes without saying that not all, every offer that we send out is accepted by the candidates. Um, but I'm also happy to share a fun fact with you. Uh, it happened to me three times so far uh, that I got a call from a candidate uh, who rejected an offer and asking Marcel, um, my decision was probably not the best. Uh, is the headcount still open? And in one, ca in one case, it was. And um, I was fortunate to reissue just the contract to the, um, to, to the candidate. And uh, this saved me a lot of time because um, otherwise we would have started a, an entire new recruiting process. Fantastic. I've got so many questions, uh, so but I'm going to go one by one. So the call, so the, the candidates that rejected the offers, did they reject it because, so in that candidate in particular, was that because they had counter offers or because they had offers from other, other companies? Highly individual reasons. Okay. Um, okay. 
the the one candidate was a more junior candidate it, and he wanted to work first of all on a smaller ticketing solution and yeah. not the whole experience management topic another one was a candidate who came for, from abroad and he said well i would like to stick with the crm world first of all and he decided to move to salesforce um and uh as I said, highly individual reasons. I think in so in those moments, it's of paramount importance to uh, appreciate the effort that everyone has taken into into the whole application process. And um, well, those candidates are actually people who will remain in your own talent pool, and that is that is crucial. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, it's uh, we're all playing the kind of the long game, if you like, in the sense that our network will go with us for, for years into the future. And so um, building that, over, that up over time makes total sense. So so I think this is so interesting. So it's obviously I've, I don't think I've I think you're probably the individual that's got most directly involved in the kind of the sourcing side of things. And I think that it's it's fantastic because I think that it would have obviously helped you in those moments. And also into the future, you're able to speak with the recruiters and understand things from their perspective and how you can help them and how they can they can help you, for example, which I think is uh, really beneficial. And I know that, you know, having been in-house myself in the past and having been a more junior recruiter, suddenly you find yourself having to work on positions that you don't actually understand that well and you kind of learn on the job. Um, but sometimes people hold back a little bit with their willingness to say, I need some help here because I don't exactly understand what this role involves or exactly how to look for it. And so if there's that kind of openness and transparency between the recruiter and the hiring manager, then you can help the recruiter recruit better for you. And then also you can um, get involved yourself. Did you, in terms of the messaging, so did you, would you message yourself and the recruiter would message? How did, how did that balance itself out and how was the response rate? Because obviously as a candidate, it's different receiving a message from a potential manager than from a, a recruiter. How, how was that? Um, actually, my uh, response rate was slightly better compared to uh, my colleague in recruiting. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and it turned out that many candidates uh, told me in the conversation, um, actually, I don't reply to LinkedIn uh, emails, but I have seen you were the manager from the team. And so uh, that's the only reason why I uh, answered or replied to to your email. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's correct. Yeah, it makes it makes total sense. Um, th yeah. And when you when you said it was a little bit more, was was that a modest way of saying it was considerably more or was it was there? I mean, was it significant, the difference in, in response rate? I'd say twice, twice okay. as much. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. And also different types of candidates that will respond as well, because they're. Um, and I think you'll you'll open yourself up to lots of conversations with individuals who, like you say, the pipeline. So they might be they might not be interested for now, but they might be into the future. So it opens up all of those, and you can start to kind of nurture those. Exactly. Um, those in, any case, in any case, I look back on uh, an outstanding collaboration with my colleague in recruiting. Um, and we, uh, from time to time, we um, flipped the sequence of the interview because usually um, you start with a screening interview that is done by uh, the recruiter and then the hiring manager interview um, is, is the second step in the hiring process. And we flipped that around when I sourced candidates on my own. I had, of course, first of all, the hiring manager interview. 
But um, the screening interview is nevertheless one uh, key element in the recruiting process because we need to get some confidential information such as salary expectations, notice period, etc. But another topic was extremely valuable for us because um, we check also on the wording, language, etc. And the recruiter is a native, uh, typically a native uh, speaker in English, and therefore we check the uh, the English uh, skills as well uh, by having the conversation between the recruiter and the candidate. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. This is great. Okay, this is really good. And then, and one final question because I'm I'm hogging the question. Sorry, Isabella. Uh, is you talked about employer referrals and you talked about kind of direct search, and I assume that you had applications as well. So, based on your experience of all the different sources of hire, what do you think is what which do you think leads to the highest quality of hire? Well, not the highest quality. Which what, I don't know. What what are your thoughts in general around the different sources of hire, especially in terms of the quality of of candidate that you generally see from from each type? Um, interesting question. Um, I'd say the quality at the end is equal, mm -hmm. but the time we need to hire someone is shorter when we have, for example, an internal referral. Um, because then we uh, can schedule far more um, conversations in, in a shorter period of time. Um, but, but the quality of the candidates is equal, whether I have sourced the candidates on, on my own, whether they come from an agency or whether they come from uh, the recruiter, because the whole um, process involves probably five different or six different people so we remove a lot of unconscious bias in the um in the whole recruiting process that's that's great thank you interesting okay and so and before as a final question on this so if you were to give some advice to a hiring manager that wanted to take a similar approach um so it sounds like we've talked about talking with uh aes to really try and promote as many referrals as possible, direct search, messaging yourself, working closely with the recruiter. Is there anything else you'd underline that you think would help them? I think um, if you want to source candidates on your own, the most essential part is probably how you um write the first message to the candidate um it starts with all of that and i could get and i got good hints from uh, my colleague in recruiting uh, i saw a bunch of highly personalized email templates that i uh changed of course uh, depending on who i contacted but um you should use highly personalized email temp uh, emails in order to approach candidates um, I tried also in the meantime the new AI, the Gen AI feature to write uh, an email in, in LinkedIn Recruiter. However, it doesn't match the quality that you get when you um, <clears throat> read the CV from the candidate and try to personalize it. Hmm. So that's, that's first of all, uh, the main challenge to fill the, the candidate funnel and of course, the funnel uh, is uh, reducing over time. And uh, so it's, first of all, important to get good response rates uh, so that you grow your talent pool. Yeah, completely. Fantastic. That's really interesting. Thank, thank you, Marcel. If I make a 
so nice. Uh, first of all, I also uh, I, I will also remember that you you know you give an advice to not wait for things to happen. So <laughs> I believe this is like good advice in any areas of our lives. And uh, then it was so nice to actually uh, that you actually know how LinkedIn Recruiter works, <laughs> and you were able to give some tangible uh, advice for for the hiring managers. I believe this conversation is uh, it's super useful for for a lot of people. And um, in terms of uh, the next stage in the hiring process what are uh, the main abilities that you are looking for in in your team and how uh, do you assess them uh so we we split up the interview um into or the the whole recruiting process into multiple stages and i spoke already about the uh, screening process i spoke about the hiring manager interview and the hiring manager interview and uh, the second one, uh, third one is the interview, the technical interview with one of my team members. Those are the most important ones at the beginning of the recruiting process. <clears throat> and um, when I uh, run the hiring manager interview, I look for, or I try to answer two questions for myself. And the first is, can they do the job? And the second one is, do they want the job? Uh, and um, I don't use a script with uh, questions. So um, from my point of view, candidates expect to have rather a conversation with uh, the manager um, about expectations, team, company, role, etc. And nevertheless, during the conversation, I try to get an answer for myself on a bunch of topics. And uh, it's probably most important in the pre-sales role to have a sales affinity, at least to a certain extent. And this can be checked by listening carefully to the self-pitch uh, from, the, from, the, from the candidate. Um, I'd like to learn more about the candidate and I'd like to know um, how convincing is the sales pitch? Um, what's in for me? What's in for the company? Uh, how can we benefit from the previous expertise? These are questions I need to get answered. Um, I also check whether the candidates come prepared, whether they know how how do we earn money, what's our business model. Um, I also watch for wording and uh, the structure of the answers. Uh, and I highly recommend the STAR scheme, by the way, if you never heard of it. Uh, but the STAR scheme is uh, really great. Um, and of course, uh, the strength of a candidate are also interesting for me, but I don't ask the question directly. Uh, tell me, please, uh, dear uh, Marcel, uh, tell me about your strength. So that's <laughs> what, I did, what I do. Um, I, I'm rather interested in what the candidate likes or dislikes about the current employer or job. Mm. And when they speak about what they like, they are quite. it's quite natural that you're good at those things you like. Um, and uh, yeah. From time to time, these uh, uh, the answers you get will help you also to assess whether there's a cultural fit for the candidate in the company. Thank you so much, Marcel. Um, <laughs> I can also I can also elaborate on the on the technical interview and the panel presentation if you want. Yeah. Uh, so the panel presentation is actually where we simulate a customer meeting, and what we look for is. Uh, that we have an impression that the candidate loves what he does yeah, or she does. So um, we we have well, we we watch closely to the story they tell, and we hope that there's a story. Not every every time we we find a story, 
and it must be appealing. And uh, I always um, recommend the candidates before going into panel, uh, when you do a demonstration of the product, don't use, for example, the word can. Whenever you have the word can in your uh, talk track, meaning, for example, you can click here uh, or a product manager can find out what uh, uh, suggestions uh, can. Or, yeah, so you know what I mean. Uh, so all these cans are too much. And if you remove those cans and create a story, you will uh, entertain the audience. And this is also what has been changed over the last 15 years. Um, so the presets role was at the beginning rather a role where uh, solution engineers explained the technical capabilities of a software and that has uh, evolved over time and now it's rather entertaining the audience yeah yeah there's a lot to there's a lot to consider no if we over the course of the whole process there's multiple different kind of uh, data points is the wrong word but you've got for every candidate you've got so many different things around be it motivation or how they are able to tell the stories. There's so, there's so many different elements. Yeah. Um, great, fantastic. And then in terms of the technical interview, is there anything in underlying there that you think is especially important? It is super important for many reasons. Okay. Um, because it, of course, we want to assess the candidate uh, regarding the technical expertise, um, what they're what they have seen so far, how strong they are regarding API, workflows, etc. But we also ask scenario-based questions. Um, for example, how do you achieve uh, X, Y, Z? What would be your approach? Um, and we listen carefully to the approach that the candidate comes up with. But there is another reason why this interview is, mm, I'd say, the second most important interview in the whole recruiting process, because it allows me to ob obtain the buy-in from the team, whether they appreciate having this candidate in our team. Okay. And it's, it's, this is extremely important when you want to ensure a good collaboration in the team at a later stage when everyone is up and running. Um, if you want to build a high-performing team, you should always get the buy-in for, for a candidate from the team. And uh, then you can be sure to have a high-performing team that impresses with outstanding results. And when you say buy from the team, do you mean the existing SE team? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. And how I, are they? And how are they involved in the technical interview? They run the interview. Oh, they run the interview. They okay. run the interview, and I'm not part of the interview, so they do it on their own. Okay. Uh, they assess the candidates, and uh, of course, I, as the manager, ask then uh, my, my 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 team member, uh, "Would you appreciate having this uh, person on the team?" Yeah, and yeah. this is crucial. Yeah, completely, and really good as well for the team to have to start to get experience hiring as well, because it takes, you know, that's it's uh, it, it 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 takes time to 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 build up that that kind of capability and it's, it's an experience-based thing so that's fantastic okay great i should i should mention as well that, that marcel you wrote a really good article on linkedin that's on your linkedin profile uh, which has some great advice for candidates going through a i would say a classic SaaS hiring process so i definitely would recommend that article and yeah thank thank you so much for the time it's been so insightful and so interesting hearing about how you go about recruiting obviously it's something that we do every day um and i think that it's i think that um lots of hiring managers will be able to 
to to to learn from this and you know you might start a, a movement Marcel maybe Isabella and I will be out, out of our job soon because uh, you started a movement who knows <laughs> I don't think so I don't think so <laughs> no thank you so much for the time thank you so much for having me fine